morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning, rain or shine, snow or sleet, whatever it is, I am your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. And uh, kind of like two weeks ago, this week, a little different circumstances than usual. This is... uh, Unusual for me in that I'm actually recording this from my apartment. Yeah, it's 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 Tuesday actually at the time of this recording right now, and and I'm recording it from my bedroom in Washington Heights, simply because uh, we were snowed out today, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, and I don't want to risk coming in late, whatever it is, or just not being able to come in at all. So I said, you know what, this week we'll record it Tuesday. That way we still have bite size on Wednesday morning and I did not want to, you know, accidentally leave it up till tomorrow and then things you know things could just go wrong and I didn't want to leave it up to that so I said let's record it today and that's what we're doing. So here I am from my own apartment from my bedroom, Washington Heights. I'm looking outside where you know the wind has the the sleet and the snow blistering in the air and uh it's pretty snowy out there. <clears throat> It is pretty snowy out there. I'm kind of glad that I'm that I'm home and I don't have to commute. So thank you to those in charge of this network for allowing me to do this. But uh, rough weather, as I am speaking to you on a Tuesday here on Wednesdays, bite size. And and it's a little unfortunate because I really wanted to go live tomorrow because of Team Israel, right? We spoke about them last week, and this week Team Israel is in the second round. Officially Pool E play, I believe. They defeated Cuba in their first game. And then, uh, unfortunately, their 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 luck, I guess, if you will, or their, their streak of undefeated play came to an end when they lost to the Netherlands to a score of which I will not mention on air. But I wanted to go live because by the time I'd be going live on Wednesday is also the time that we'd, we'd have a potentially a final result to... Team Israel's final game, and then we would know if they went on or not. As of this recording, where it's about midday or so on Tuesday, uh, Team Israel is 1-1, one one, the Netherlands are 1-1, one one, Japan is 2-0, and, oh, and Cuba is 0-2, oh and, and the way it works are the top two teams of this pool will go on to play in the Final Four, if you will, the Final Four of the World Baseball Classic, the March Madness College Basketball is a different topic, which I'm sure we will discuss, but the final four of the World Baseball Classic is between the final two teams of both Pool E and Pool F, which is a separate four games, four separate four teams uh, being played also in the United States during this time. But for Team Israel, right, so we have a 2-0 team, two 1-1 teams, and 1-0-2 team. Now, Cuba, who is 0-2, will be playing the Netherlands, who are 1-1. And if Cuba defeats the Netherlands, which is happening Tuesday night in America, that would make all... Th- three teams with one win, and if U.S. and, excuse not USA, if Team Israel went on to defeat Japan, who is considered the best team in this pool by many, then Israel and Japan would move on. Now, there are several tie-breaking scenarios where if Israel and the Netherlands end up with, with both two wins, or if they both end up with one win, then uh, it goes based on most runs given up. And unfortunately, Israel had a, had a rough go against the Netherlands, where they allowed 12 runs in only eight innings. So, you know, if, if for anyone that follows the World Baseball Classic, there's a whole fight between Venezuela and Mexico and Italy because 
Mexico thought they were in, but then because it was divided by only eight innings instead of nine innings, technically Venezuela made the tiebreaker, whatever the case is, this is all going to be moot because when you're listening to this, I'm sure we'll have a decision, but I know I've been rooting hard for Team Israel, actually Saturday night of Purim, after I went to my, my event at the Shankshul in Washington Heights, which by the way was a fantastic event run by the Shankshul board, a Panoply event. Uh, so after that event, I spent the rest of the night watching Team Israel defeat Team Cuba, which was awesome. And then uh, once I woke up Monday morning to find out that the Netherlands were putting a good bruising on Team Israel, I decided to stay away from that. But again, by the time you're listening to this, we'll know what happens. And I really hope Team Israel either, if, I mean, I, I'd much rather them straight up just go and advance to the Final Four because that would be so awesome, so epic to see Team Israel do that. But I'd be grateful for also a simple tiebreaker game. So I will be laughing by the time I listen to this and we know the response and we know the result, excuse me. But uh, that's my, my spiel for you on a Tuesday here as I record this week's episode of Bite Size because I am snowed in. But what, what else do I want to talk about? There's Team Israel and there's also Purim. As I said last week, Purim is by far my favorite, favorite holiday and it lived up to all the hype this year. As I said, Motzei Shabbos, heard the Megillah and Shengshul, and we had the Panoply event. Great time, wonderful event run by the Shengshul board. And then Sunday, I hosted the uh, Seuda in my apartment. Now, there were 25 people scheduled to eat over, and I told everyone in my building and a bunch of friends, just, just come over, have a good time. And I believe over, by the time all was said and done, <clears throat> we probably had about 40 to 50 people come to the Seuda. And anyone that's seen my living room, and I, and I live with a bunch of roommates who I'm kind of surprised have yet to knock on my door and ask me what the heck I'm doing here. But uh, there were my, my, my living room is small. My dining room is pretty small. We, we packed in. We, we removed the couches, moved the TV, did everything possible to fit as many people in. And it was such a success, such an awesome time. And uh, I think all my friends who helped out and my roommates for uh, allowing it to happen. Of course, they were all there. They all had a good time. And we're all friends. So um, great Chevra that was here. And that's why Purim is just such a fun, fun time for me, and I'm sure for many of y'all. So this is what's happening. I'm in apartment 4F, a very popular apartment in Washington Heights. People that know me, people that know my friends, 4F is the place to be. And actually, all there's, there's five of us that live here, and we are all in the apartment on this snowed-in Tuesday. We have three accountants, which is the start of any joke, but it's also three of my roommates. They are all, actually, they're all working from home. And then I have uh, one one roommate who was in Turo school who does some stuff at a lab, going to dental school next year, and congrats to him. And uh, he's been trying to get me to watch a movie with him, but uh, I'll get there soon. I will get there soon. But that's what's going on in 4F. We're also the, uh, I guess, official home of the Nahum Siegel Network Washington Heights Studios. So if any of the NSN staff is around and... <clears throat> want to hang out or work or both 4f is the place to be but it's a cold tuesday a snowed in tuesday here for 4f and for uh i'm sure many of y'all did not go to work yesterday and if you did i hope you got in some good work and uh you might have been a little upset that you had to travel but i'm here working on a tuesday I know, just because I'm on air doesn't mean I'm not working. I am working here from my apartment on a Tuesday. 
again, a recorded episode of Bite Size just because of the weather. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. And this week, we still have two interviews. Leora Zamek joins Bite Size with an interview with Aviv Harkov. She has a, a really cool cookbook that we'll talk about a little bit later. And then Tova Kanak joins the program. Uh, Leora Zamek will join at about 9.30 or so. Tova Kanak at about 10 a.m. She interviews Lizzie Noach of the Lone Soldier Center. Again, more information regarding that at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. But stay tuned here on to Into Bite Size, where uh, I think I'm going to play a little perm music, but we're also going to get back to our regular music. But perm or not, regular music, you know what that means, how we start off this show. Mahapecha, Shel Simcha. Thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, תשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים hey, שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני hey, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים
Shapiro's Schar Mitzvah as you're tuned in the Bite Size here on the Nachum Seal Network. And I, I really, this is actually still one of my favorite songs, and I don't know why I haven't played it in a while. At least it feels like, if I have, I, I apologize. I don't think I've played it in quite some time. And then I'm, I'm kind of like looking through my music. I was like, whoa, Schar Mitzvah, I, I got to put that back on. So uh, thank you, Morty Shapiro, for that. And here we are, like I said, about 9.30 or so, and Leora Zamek joins Bite Size with an interview with Aviv Harkov. She has a uh, a really cool cookbook, and I'm actually on her site now. It's called A Taste of Torah, 
And the uh, the cookbook is, is it's actually a brilliant concept. There are recipes, divrei Torah, and stories to enrich every Shabbos. That's what it says on the on the cover. But it's every parsha has a different recipe in some divrei Torah uh, for each Shabbos. So it's really cool. And and as I mean, you'll hear in the interview, it's kind of tough when you get to like you know Vayikra, which is coming up soon. It it's it's tough to have a concept, to have a recipe, to have well divrei Torah. There's there's plenty of, but to have a recipe for every Shabbos is tough. Uh, a really cool cookbook. So without further ado, here's Liara with Aviv. You're tuned to the Bite Size right here on the Nachum Single Network. Hello and welcome to my segment, I guess, of Bite Size. My name is Leora Zamek, and today I am joined by Aviv Harkov. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes, you did. Um, Thank who, you. This has been a long time in the works. Um, you have a, it's called A Taste of Torah, a cookbook for the Parshiot, mm-hmm. right? Do you want to... I guess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about the cookbook. Okay. Um, So I'll start by introducing the book. It's called A Taste of Torah. And it's uh, recipes, divrei Torah, and stories uh, to enrich every Shabbat. So the concept is is that for every Parsha, there's a recipe inspired by the Parsha itself, a Dvar Torah for older kids to say at the table, and a bedtime story inspired by the lesson in the Dvar Torah for younger children. So it's kind of like the recipe for the perfect All Shabbat. Right. That's, that's very cool. I did, I mean, I still sort of do, Parsha desserts. Okay. Um, but it's not so easy. And we're about to, you know, step into Vayikra, which definitely <laughs> makes things difficult. Um, how did you go through that? Did you... Just like some of them, I'm sure, just popped into your head easily. Right. How did you delve in there and just come well, up with something for everything? Vayikra is definitely more difficult if you're sticking just to desserts, because like, you know, I have I have, you know, soup, salads, and then also meat courses. So Vayikra, there's a lot of korbanot. So if it's talking about, oh, I guess that's true. You sort of got off easy there. <laughs> yeah, actually, Vayikra is one of the easier ones for me because there's just food right out there. Sometimes I had to go with like the concept. Right. Um, yeah, like uh, this week's part show we were looking at it, it's open-faced uh, bruschetta. Right. And it's because Moshe speaks to Hashem face-to-face. Uh, so it's open-faced. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, so how did this start? Did you always have, this for me, I baked mm-hmm. and one of my teachers in seminary did it, so I started doing it. Um, okay. How did you um, start putting it together and then how did it develop into what it is? So it was really inspired by my childhood. Um, I grew up on the Jersey Shore in Deal, New Jersey and my mom worked in the city so she commuted two hours each way. Oh, wow. And so the best way to catch her was really when she was cooking for Shabbat and that's how I learned to cook and while we would do it she would talk to me about the Parsha, talk to me about my week and so I... I have one aunt, and she's 12 years younger than my mom, so her kids are much younger. And when they also made Aliyah, I started to cook with them. I started to do this with them and realized that this this is a good concept. Okay, that's really nice. I mean, for me, my mom used to always cook till like, 2 o'clock in the morning, so I never really stayed up with her. And sometimes my grandmother would say, you know, your kids should stay up with you and cook. And she's like, I don't think they want to stay up that late. <laughs> but she was a preschool teacher, so I still got my teaching in from her somehow. Okay, very nice. Um, so then how did this develop into a cookbook? Because, I mean, for me, I see a cookbook. At, I mean, I just interviewed Naomi Nachman, part of the network. Mm-hmm. She made a cookbook. And it's a experience. It's like a journey to for put sure. everything together. 
for sure. So while I was cooking with like my uh, my cousins, I walk came up to my mom and I said, "I have this idea. I, you know, really matching a recipe for each parsha and a dvartara and a bedtime story. Just making this whole complete package." And my mom's a tough cookie. She looked at me and she said, "Everyone has ideas. When you have a manuscript, then you have something." And, right. And for me, it was like, okay, challenge accepted. And it was my summer vacation between uh, junior and senior year of high school. Oh, wow. And I just spent the entire summer, you know, like the next day I, I volunteered in Mada. I was at the station with, the, with like just marking each one going, oh, I could do this recipe with that Parsha and That's this funny. recipe with that one. That's very funny. So how did you find something for every Parsha? So some parshas were really easy. You know, you have the one with the lentil soup, lentil stew with oh, Asaph well, and Yaakov. Yeah. That's so, like a cop-out there. Yeah, so that the, those are the ones where you don't really need to get creative. Or we talk about Vayikra, I went with, you know, beef. Um, and right, then, there's probably a lot of beef in that cookbook. For sure. I'm a fan, though, so it's yeah, fine. For, for sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then some of them, yeah, you have to get a little creative. Some of them are inspired by the context. Like, or the story, I have, like, um, red velvet um, cupcakes with white chocolate frosting, and that's kind of like Esav and Yaakov. Mm. So the red's Esav, the white's Yaakov. I was going to say, what's the hardest one? What was the hardest one to find? You don't even remember now, because yeah, a while ago. I, there were a few that, that took a, a while. Um, but, you know, and the challenge is not just you have to find a recipe, and it has to also be, like, a good one. Like, it's not just enough to be like, oh... I could do this. Like, does it, you know, does it taste good? Does it work? Will people make this? Will people eat it? Yeah. My brother got upset at me for one of the ones I did. It was like one of their carbonos in Viagra. And I just like made brownies and called it a baked offering. Like the baked <laughs> carbonos. And he's like, no, that, that's not okay. I was like, okay, but there was nothing else to do. <laughs> but my teacher sometimes will put stick figures on the cake. And I was like, I feel like that doesn't count either. Right, right. You have to make something. So I have like a, like a whole harvest, uh, uh, roasted harvest lasagna, and that has to do with like Shemitah. And like it's, you know, there's vegetables in it. So like, right. you know, there, there's ones that are a little bit trickier, a little bit right, more forced. Definitely. But like, you know, the book is about cooking with your kids and they're not, they're not really looking for the nuance. They're looking to be able to spend time with you and, and looking, you know, to learn something and to have fun with you in the kitchen. Um, so I noticed we were looking through it before, and I mean, I think this is what you did. You sorted it by Parsha, mm-hmm. but then you also have another table of contents where it's sorted by thing. Yes. So you have the one by Parsha's by sheet uh, all the way down, and then, you know, sometimes you might just be looking for a so soup. You could use this cookbook as an actual cookbook. Yes, for sure. You can use it either every week by Parsha or just, oh, let's see what desserts are in here. Let's see what main dishes are in now, here. Now, did you do things for um, Chagim? Because for me, sometimes I get lucky when, like, this coming week, it's probably going to be Hamantashen as the Parsha dessert now. Or, you know, Pesach time, it'll be, I don't know, something with crackers or whatever because you just use the holiday as sort of like a safe bet. Right. Um, Did you do things for, like, Tubishva? Well, I guess anything for Shemitah could be used for Tubishva. Right. So I'm hoping, actually, my next book will be dedicated Ooh, to the there's Chagim. more. Yes, yes. Uh, 
It's like it's like food. Have you started working on it? Not yet. I'm focused on graduating college. Oh yeah, do that. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> I think if I focus too much on a cookbook, my parents will kill me. But right. I hear. But uh, yeah. So um, I'm, that's once I graduate, that's going to be my next plan. Now, did do you have a favorite recipe? Is there a recipe that you're like, I love this so much, I'm going to figure out how to get it to fit a parsha? So yeah, I have a recipe. I called it uh, shepherdess pie. Okay. A play on shepherd's pie, um, and it's I think for uh, it's for Rifka. Um and so instead of potatoes, it's sweet potatoes, and has like sweet potatoes and maple syrup on top, and it's just like a play of the classic. Is there meat in it? Yeah, yeah. There's the meat on the bottom. I'm with maple syrup on top and sweet potatoes. It, it works. That's like that Friends episode where she made the trifle. And there was meat in it and whipped cream, and everyone's like, this is gross. And Joey's like, why? They all taste good, so just eat them together. Well, I'd like to think this isn't gross. But <laughs> well, no. <laughs> but no, sweet no. potatoes do go with meat. Right. So, and then maple syrup goes with sweet potatoes. Yeah, so it's, it's like a good balance. It's definitely it's, it's a good balance, and I like it a lot. We make a sweet potato thing with marshmallows on top. Exactly. You do it, well, lots of people do that like on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's very funny here in Israel when people hear about things like that or they'll see it like on the American TV show, they're just like, What is this? Why right. would you why would you eat that? And right. it's like, No, it works. It does taste good. Sweet potatoes always confused me because here they're more of like a food that you eat with salad and stuff like yes. that. Where in America there's sweet thing that you eat. Yeah, you have sweet potato pie. Yeah. Which is like a legitimate pie, you know. Um, okay, now how can people get the book? How can people find it? Do they sell it in America? Do they only sell it in Israel? Yes, of course. So they sell it both in Israel and in America. You can get it from my website, avivharkov.com, uh, dot com. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. It's really called A Taste of Torah, for those who did not remember the name from a few minutes ago. Yes. Um, and they sell it also in Israel on Stimatsky. My publisher sells it on their site, on their website, Geffen Publishing House. The best place to get it, though, is my website. It's the cheapest. Oh, well, then that's nice. Yes. Um, okay, well, I enjoyed learning about it. I have a copy. I can't wait to use it. Um, and I think everybody should get a copy. I think and so, too. You don't need to wait for Rosh Hashanah. Because for a circus for everything to start again, you can you can do it now for sure. Um, all right, well, thank you very much, and we'll be right back. Thank you, Liora, and thank you, Aviv Harkov. Again, she is the author of A Taste of Torah, a really cool cookbook which has recipes, divrei Torah, and stories for each Shabbos. Uh, so you could go ahead and check that out. You could probably just Google Aviv Harkov, A Taste of Torah, and you'll find a way to buy the book. But uh, that's a really good cookbook. I know Naomi Nachman of the Nachman Single Network has an excellent cookbook. Perfect for Pesach. Uh, you could go ahead and find her cookbook on Instagram or on her Facebook. You could probably, again, type in Perfect for Pesach and it'll sh- show up on Amazon, Art School, whatever it is. That's another great cookbook. And uh, Liora Zamek, by the way, I don't know if you've noticed, she's uh, she actually interviewed Naomi Nachman, what was it now, two weeks ago or so? And... Uh, she herself is an, a fabulous cook, a fabulous uh, pastry chef. I believe that's what they're called. Uh, go ahead and go to Facebook and check out Last Licks Desserts. I've had the opportunity to try several of her pastries, whether it be at NSET events or other events. She's always running some contests, etc. I mean, go to the Facebook page. Check out those pictures. They're phenomenal looking. Like, 
I don't know how you stay away from them. I, I know I have trouble staying away from them. And, uh, I mean, my trouble right now is just with the fact that I have tons of mishloch my own in my apartment and I have to stay away from them, which I'm totally failing at. But go to Last Lick's Dessert on Facebook. Check it out. Go purchase something from her. I know she'd appreciate it, and you're not going to regret it. Some phenomenal, phenomenal pastries. Again, that's Last Lick's Desserts on Facebook. So thank you, Liara, and thank you, Aviv, for that wonderful interview. More coming up on Bite Size. How about Benny Friedman? Yes, Tikva, right? I know some of you, like myself, are snowed in today. And at well, at this moment right now, on a Tuesday, you're probably yes, Chikva, right? You're you're having hope that maybe you'll be snowed in one more day. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Might take a little more prayer than that, but yes, Chikva. Benny Friedman, you're tuned to the bite size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yes, the 
Yes, the vine, the shikulanu yacha. 
forth, my son. Be a light unto the nations. And as this basket will carry you down the Nile, I'll be with you, my child. I believe in you, I believe in you, I believe in you. Believe in you, I believe in you. Believe in you, my son. They may pull you on a throw. Just remember where you're coming from, my son. Take your courage, take it far. Though you cannot speak, I still admire your strength. One day you'll lead us out of exile. One day you'll be a messenger of the one above to change this world for a better one. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Believe in you. I believe in you. Believe in you, believe in you my son. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Believe in you.
Shweki's Am Yisrael, as you're tuned into Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And it's the top of the hour, which means it's time for Tova Kanach's interview with Lizzie Noach. Lizzie is the Community Relations Coordinator of the Lone Soldier Center in memory of Michael Levine. And I know I have several friends, many friends actually, who either made Aliyah and or served in the army, and many of them lone soldiers themselves. Um, so I'm sure they, they were uh, taken care of by the Lone Soldier Center, and many of them probably thankful for everything they've done. 
actually one of my roommates, a lone soldier himself, back in the day. So uh, a little shout out to him as he's probably a mere 50 feet away from here or so. So uh, thank you for your service. But uh, here's Tova with Lizzie. I'll speak no more. You're tuned to the Bite Size right here on the Nachum Seal Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in the Lone Soldier Center in Yerushalayim with Lizzie Noach. She's the Community Relations Coordinator. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, before we get into all the amazing work that the Lone Soldier Center does, can you give us a little background into who you are? Okay, so um, I was born in London, uh, lived in London until I was 24. And wanted to uh, spend all my time in Bnei Akiva and very Zionist background, so uh-huh. I wanted to make Aliyah. Um, but the Aliyah department said you should work a little bit, get some you know like experience behind you, save some money. So I worked for a couple of years in the Jewish community uh, in London, um, mm-hmm. and then I made Aliyah. I went to Panetzion. Okay. While I was at Panetzion, um, I met my husband, who was the security guard, oh. uh, the Israeli security guard at the front desk. Nice story. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and today we, we live in Modin and we have four kids. Beautiful. Um, and you're working in the And I'm working at Lone Soldier Center that I was in between jobs. Uh, they were offering uh, a position part-time for somebody to fit in for maternity leave. Uh-huh. And I came and I said, I want to do something that feels good every day. We feel helping people. And I came in after a month or so and I told them, you know, like, what's going to happen when the person I'm feeling for comes back. I need to know. I need to look for another job. And they said, no, you have to stay. <laughs> they loved so, you so much. So, yes, yeah, so I, I, I ended up staying here. Wow. Well, it's really, I walked in and I just, there's such a sense of camaraderie here. Just seeing everybody friendly and happy here. Yes. So let's talk about the Lone Soldier Center. What's the history behind the Lone Soldier Center? How did it get started? Okay. So the Lone Soldier Center um, is in memory of Michael Levine. Yes. Uh, Michael Levine was a Lone Soldier from Philadelphia. Um, who fought very hard to get into the army. He was a very kind of skinny little guy who the army weren't really interested in taking. He really fought, he really wanted to be in the army. And while he was in the army, he realized that there were, you know, there there wasn't anything, anyone to take care of long soldiers. You know, he he had an adopted family um, who, who looked after him, but he felt that, when I finish the army, I want to create something where long soldiers have um, somewhere to go, somebody to talk to, someone who's going to look after them, as opposed to the random he or their families that maybe adopt some lone soldiers. Uh-huh. Um, so, unfortunately, during the Lebanon, the Second Lebanon War, um, he fell fighting, and his friends and his family and his adopted father uh, decided that they would continue, you know, this continue his dream of you know, that was what he was about of helping people wow. and they were mostly all long soldiers all of his friends and they started the center um, in 2009 and in 2010 it became like a, an official organization. Uh, non-profit organization in uh-huh. Israel and it's officially a non-profit organization in the states as well um, and the long soldier center provides um, not just for long soldiers everybody thinks long soldiers are people who come from um, abroad right. and they don't have family here in Israel. There are 6,400 long soldiers serving today. Wow. About 44% of them are Israeli-born long soldiers. Uh-huh. Um, that they either come from a, uh, you know, a, a difficult background or they come from a Haredi background. They don't have any support from their family and they also get status as long soldiers because they really have no financial, no home to go to when they are off base. Wow. And so you know, we provide the services for anybody who's a long soldier, um, who just doesn't have that family support. So you have locations throughout Israel for them to... So we have, and um, this, is, this is like the main headquarters in Jerusalem. Okay. We have another office in Tel Aviv, and we have a staff member who lives on a kibbutz in the north, 
um, in, on Kibbutz Gesher, and he takes care of uh, the like, northern part of Israel, but he also, he also has soldiers who live on the kibbutz with him that he takes care of, uh -huh. and we have some old soldier homes scattered around the country. Wow. So what um, type of projects are you providing for the lone soldiers? So they come here, do they have um, social workers, are there, you know, what type of support okay. are they? So, so the, the main things that the center do is we provide advice and counseling. So it's before the, 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 the soldier drafts, during the army, and afterwards as well. So before they come, before they're actually drafted, they're not sure what unit do I need to go to, where should I live, and what kind of uh, training do I need to do before, what do I need to buy. So we have um, advisors that we train who mm -hmm. were lone soldiers, who every soldier, every person who's a potential lone soldier, who's a lone soldier comes to the center, we um, attach them to a, an advisor and the advisor can sit with them, they can call them whenever they need, uh, and then they give them the advice of what they, what they need to do. Um, so, and during the army, if they have problems or they need something more than just counseling, like after Sukaitan when they needed right. um, emotional, you know, support. emotional support, yeah. so we had those advisors who could tell us this soldier really needs some extra help and then we would send them out for an outside assessment or we would send them to um, professional um, you know, psychologists that could help them because we, we're not that but we know how to how to provide, how what, to they provide what they need right. and, and so, um, so, so that's that's one of the thing one of the main things the, the second thing that we do is lots uh, is like the Shabbat and holiday and like festival meals uh -huh. and um, the, com the community and social events because very often the lone soldiers um, they have problems but they're not going to come into the center and shout out I'm not happy in my unit or I'm having problems so right. they can kind of hold it in so we pri provide first of all so they have food and a nice Shabbat atmosphere and, and so they can meet the other lone soldiers and connect with them uh -huh. and also the, so that our team are here so we can see when somebody seems to be maybe sitting quietly or they can talk to them during the meal and they can see what kind of help do they need and through those social events um, we, you know through the meals we can we can help more lone soldiers by bringing them into the center and, and finding out their problems and like sorts you know get solving them for them uh-huh so that's while they're in the actual army when yeah. they're serving what happens yeah. when they leave the army when they're with their service do they have support from yeah them? so many of them um, straight away start volunteering here when they're not sure what they're going to be doing so okay. they come to the center and they they're here um, we have an open if they need to do get the Hebrew better um, we have um, we we ha we do job fairs sometimes uh -huh. and we ha we For try to, yeah, yeah yeah and we try to connect them. There's there's somebody who works in the the Baichu Benji, which is a house in Renana for combat on soldiers, uh -huh. and she we work closely with them. That she is like a careers advisor, so we send people to her so that she can help them. Right. And we also we use our community relations with the people that we know yeah. to say we have a long soldier who wants to go into science or you know like biology can you help him we help them send out their cv like we give them as much um support as we can but we don't have a full-time staff member that does that uh-huh and what about while they are here the parents are not here right. so what type of support do you provide for the parents so we have um a one staff member who is a parent liaison and he has a Facebook group and we have like on our website for the parents to sign up and get a handbook that gives them kind of like the A to B of what a long soldier is and what you need to know. Uh -huh. um, and then they can contact him either through the Facebook or through his uh, his phone number or uh -huh. through the website to say, I'm having problems or I think my son's having trouble and can you help? 
Um, okay. And he's like 24 hours, like 24-7 dealing with problems with non-soldiers and problems with the parents and supporting them. Because very often the parents don't really know what's going on in Israel. And they can be something where the soldier can say something and the parents will be crazy worried. <laughs> right. And that's just normal for the army. Because sometimes um, people look and they think it's like a summer camp. And it's, it's the army. So, like, right. if the soldier's been punished or his phone's been taken away for two weeks or he's not been allowed home when he was promised to go home and it seems really unfair and he's a long right. soldier, at the end of the day, that's the army and they have rules. So, right. sometimes the parents don't really understand. They're looking at their little boy who's, like, serving in the army. And sometimes right. they need that... Um, the bigger picture. The bigger p- picture yeah. of Mike Meyerheim, who's our parent liaison, he was a lone soldier about 30 years ago. Uh-huh. So he has the insight of having been a lone soldier, but also he's a parent and he's put kids through the army. Right. So he really knows to give them the, the support and to calm the parents down and say, this is normal for the army. What's his name? And Mike, Michael Meyerheim. Okay. Um, and he, he really great. knows to, to take care of the parents. Fantastic. Okay, so we're going to talk about the next big project that's coming up. But before we do that... Um, so what is what is what are you very happy with that's happening right now? And are there any areas of improvement that you think uh, are still necessary? So we just moved recently in the summer to this uh, office to have a bigger space because before we had we could hold maybe 50 soldiers for meals and now we can have like 120 here for meals. Really? Um, and and also because we have a team of people dealing with the Israeli lone soldiers and people dealing with the lone soldiers from abroad. So. We moved to this bigger office, so that's just all of us together in one big office is, 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 is amazing. And it's so funny, it's really tucked away. I'm on the street all the time, I right. never noticed it. But for the soldiers, you're right on the on the it's train the line, perfect, so like a perfect space perfect for them to be able to come. Definitely. Um, I also did mention that we um, help provide um, basic items that soldiers need, uh, whether it's a backpack or whether it's winter gear or sometimes it's food or like gloves or th- things that they don't necessarily have time to go out and buy or don't necessarily receive like a, an Israeli long, uh, Israeli regular soldier his parents buy them everything uh-huh. and often long soldiers come here without their parents and they don't know what they need or they've run uh-huh. out of socks or they don't have enough because they haven't done time for laundry or they don't have a washing machine we have washing machines here at the centre right. and dryers so they can come here because they don't have them in their um, apartments so they can come here and do that as well and they can pick up towels and blankets and things that they might need but they just and also if they're boys yeah. and they're not so good at the shopping so yes. they can come here and, and they can do it here that. yeah is, is the lone soldier um center in any way connected with the friends of the idf do you have any connection um, with them no, no direct connection we have occasionally sometimes projects that they talk to us about maybe collaborating together uh-huh. but they really deal with um, that, I mean, friends of the idf mostly deal with all the soldiers and we specifically deal Just with the lone soldiers and friends of the idf give lone soldiers a ticket home one uh-huh. time during their service but the, the day to day helping lone soldiers is here. Um, okay, so everything we generally hear about the lone soldiers is directed towards the guys, towards the male soldiers. And uh, there's a huge new initiative to help the female soldiers because there are so many. There's about 30% of them. 30% are female lone soldiers, and many of them are combat. Wow. And do they have any, until right now, is there any support for them? Well, I mean, they have the same support that they can come to the center and, you know, when people uh, donate items, we buy things, we make sure that we have things for the girls as well, like face creams and and other girly products and things for the girls as well. And they get the same support, they get advisors. Um, we do girls' nights. We just had um, Jamie Gillen oh. was here oh. on Thursday night. She did the challah baking thing. Beautiful. Yeah. So uh, 
for now, you're so, opening, so, uh, so, so now we so um. Um, the background behind the housing is, okay. is that it's great to live in a, in a house with four long soldiers. So you, you have four long soldiers living in an apartment. Okay. But what happens when three of them are on base and one comes home? So he's coming home to an empty house and say no one's been home for two weeks. There's nothing in the fridge or nothing edible in the fridge. Uh -huh. it, it could be that they haven't paid their last uh, gas bill or electric bill and they could have been cut off. And all these things that long soldiers don't have time to take care of. So we started thinking about how we could help long soldiers with that. And people, the community in Bet Shemesh came to us and said that they are looking for uh, to, to open a home for long soldiers where they could take care of a group of religious boys in, in the community. And that home, we helped them open it because they said, We don't know anything about long soldiers, we know how we can take care of a home. And so we helped them on the, all the logistical side and set that up. So, but while we were promoting that home, we had girls calling us saying, I'm interested in the home, I heard there's a home in Bet Shemesh. And we had to say, Well, it's, it's for the guys. guys. Right. So then we, we started uh, thinking about um, what we can do for the girls and then another home in Jerusalem came up and within a few weeks we filled it up with boys again and we still had a few girls so then we decided it's time to have a home for girls. We did lots of research. There is in Renana a building that has girls and boys together. And combat <laughs> soldiers, okay. but we didn't find anywhere that has a home okay, just for girls. If girls just want to live, just girls just in girls. a home with no guys hanging around or anything, mm -hmm. yeah. just girls. So, uh, so we didn't find that there was anything, and we've asked the girls, and they all said that it would be phenomenal, for them. phenomenal for them yeah. in terms of the the homes will have a living counselor, so that that person takes care of the logistics of paying the bills, of paying the rent, of buying the food. But they're also there when the girls come home. When they'll come home, there'll be somebody there where they can talk to and just... So there, there won't ever be a time when they'll be alone. Um, and for the parents yeah. to know that they have a place, that, for their a place for their daughters, that they're coming home not to a, a house where there's no one there, or, or you know, like, a, or what will they eat, or who will they talk to, or who's going to look after them, they'll know that they're being really taken care of. That's fantastic. So, how are you trying to fund this right now? So we um, are holding it. There's going to be a concert, Shlomo Katz concert, okay. um, to, to raise funds uh, for this. And we also we made a short video of the Long Soldier Girls explaining why they think it's such a great idea and why people should help. Yeah. Um, and we've just got um, some lay leaders in Jerusalem who... Um, yeah who are helping us to spread the word. There's going to be an article in the Jerusalem Post in a couple of weeks. Uh -huh. um, and they're just like spreading the word, like our, our Jerusalem team of volunteers, spreading the word to everybody to how successful the boys' homes have been. And now it's open a home for the girls. Is there any government funding where this is all based on like a charity? It, it, it's all from the, from like, uh, from donations. Donations. Any money from so what are some of the campaigns that you're running right now? What are, how can, par how can families, uh, okay. So we have Bar and Bat Mitzvah projects where, um, Students uh, decide they want to raise money or they want to collect items and we have all the information is on our website of what long soldiers need, exactly the kind of things to collect for them. Tell us uh, uh, the website. Oh, on the website. Sorry? What's the name of the it's, website? It's uh, longsoldiercenter.com. www.longsoldiercenter.com. Okay. Um, um, so, so there's bar and of projects. Anyone who's interested, you can contact me and, and I can uh, explain more what, what can be done. And they can sponsor a meal. Uh, Friday night meal. If they're in Israel, they can come to the meal that they sponsored. Oh, that's so um, special. We started doing um, on Fridays. We noticed that 
if we get anything between 60 and 120 soldiers coming to a meal during the day, we're getting like hundreds of soldiers coming through the center because uh -huh. it's Friday and then they're home. So we started to do either a barbecue or pizza. So every uh -huh. Friday now, there's food in the non-soldier center. There's uh -huh. another incentive for them to come, but they come to, to, to be here. So they can people can sponsor the food on a Fridays. Every time there's a, a, a Chag, so Hanukkah parties, Purim Suda, Mishlochim or not for, for non-soldiers. Uh, so there's lots of different ways the parents and yeah, families could yeah, get involved yeah. in a, and help support yeah. these soldiers that are really putting their entire life on hold to uh, move to Israel to support the Israeli. Right, and it's really not easy. Most of the lone soldiers, you don't up, you know, up, you upheave yourself from your hometown to come and like sit behind a desk in the army. Almost like all of them are like combat, combat. soldiers, and, and they want they want they, combat. Yeah, they want it, and it's tough. Yeah, um, but they don't complain. Like you don't hear them complaining. No, because they, they um, love it. They love it. Because I have a personal connection. My brother was a lone soldier about ten years ago, and uh, it's so we find that many lone soldiers who work, when they hear about the center and realize what we do, they either volunteer for us in Israel or they're in touch with us in the okay. states, and they're trying to help us do um, events in the states and to raise money because they know what it was like when they didn't have right. that what we didn't have the support. Today. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So uh, Michael Levin really has a legacy. Fantastic. Um, is there anything that you wanted to add to uh, for parents to know, for families to know? Is there anything? Uh, uh, just that w that we're here. There's uh, all the information you can just just to contact us, and we have staff members to deal with all the different areas, and just for questions. You know, if you're the main the main thing that's important is that we don't like try to recruit soldiers in any way. Right. If, we, if we go to the States and we meet with the people who are interested, we're not telling them, we're telling them the truth. We're telling them the army is tough. It's not like I want to run away or I don't know what to do, so I'll just join the army. We really tell them the truth about how hard it is. And no, no, we don't, you know, if parents call us and say that their kids are having trouble, then they, they really need to get their kids to call us because the kids don't necessarily want their parents to be interfering, so like we're very much um, for the soldiers, but also for the parents, and we just um, we just want everybody. The the idea behind the Lone Soldier Center is to make the soldiers have a successful army service and successfully integrate into Israeli society afterwards. So we try to do our our best to help them all round before, after, and like, during the service. Are there any incredible stories that you can think of of a soldier that came here? Anything that uh, comes to mind? Inspiration. Um, something I mean, there are lots of stories of. Um, sometimes we feel like uh, a, a dating agency because we have, <laughs> have there been so many, so many. We have like every couple of years we we put out a little video on YouTube yeah. of like all the couples that have met, wow. whether they're either two long soldiers and they've met and they've got married, whether they met volunteering here. Uh -huh. We had long sol one long soldier who was injured. Uh, and Albert Sharut, she uh -huh. was here and he was hanging out here because he couldn't be in the army and they, and they fell in love and they got married. Um, so, yeah. So you can say that you're a, a Shadchan also. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, it was so, so wonderful to meet you. Thank you and so much. success. I just wanted to ask you before we end off, if you could think of a place in Israel that you call your happy place. Is there one place that uh, just makes you really happy? My happy place? Um... I'm gonna say my house, my home, with my kids and my husband. In Modi, yeah, yeah in Modi. Well, anywhere that we would be, like yeah, all of us together is just beautiful. Yeah. So I really think that. 
that's your, you know, that your family, and I think that you're providing a happy place for all the little soldiers here. You're creating that this, that this is their home, and uh, they all look happy to me when I'm walking outside in the hallway. Really, really beautiful. So continued success, and uh, again, everyone, if you want more information, you could go to the website, the Lone Lone Soldier Center dot com, Lone Soldier Center dot com, and uh, find out how you can help. Thank you so much, Thank Lizzie. you. Thank you, Tova. Back to you, Yoni. Mm. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Lizzie Noach. Again, she is the Community Relations Coordinator of the Lone Soldier Center in memory of Michael Levine uh, in Israel. So we thank her for everything she does for the Lone Soldiers and for the rest of the uh, community there. And uh, you could check her out. Go go online, You know, type in Lone Soldier Center, and you will find out more information in terms of contacting them. But Tova, Tova in Israel on Facebook, tovanisrael.com. She also... Spread so much positivity about the state of Israel. Some of her videos go viral. Uh, it's actually really incredible to see the stuff, the content she puts out, both on our show and just in general. Uh, she has so many amazing things to share about the state of Israel. So go ahead and follow her. More coming up on Bite Size. I was going to play another Shweki song, and then I said, you know what? we got to put a little Avramel. Avram Fried, Chazak. Thank you for tuning in to Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
the world make over. Mashiach will come take over. You ain't gotta be me or see what I see. All you gotta do is take a look forward. Lift up your eye to the sky. Spread out your hands. Say thank you. Smile. Get them up. Put them up. Leave them up. Ha ha. Yep, yep. Pump up the volume every day. Stand in place. Heart racing. No words to say. Pressure building. Trying to hold my face. Mind drifting like not today. Wake up from everything. Break out your shell and scream. Ha shim. You're the king. Ha shim. You're the king. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Elech, Hashem Alach, Hashem Yeah. 
So brand, Shushan is the place where it all began The hidden miracle One man, second in command Slay all the Jews with his wicked plan A scheme so miserable He chose a day for the disaster It's ironic what came after He didn't know a girl named Esther Would turn it upside down Pulling strings from behind the scenes She wore the royal crown Three days the Jews just prayed Queen Esther risked her life Went to save the day She took Haman down The streets were filled with celebration Everyone ate hamantashen Jubilation for the nation Won't you 
Shut up. 
It's actually a Hevra song, but this this version, this cover, was by my friend uh, Daniel Feldman. He uh, he got married about a year and, what is it, two months ago probably by now. And he sent me this song because I told him I really liked it, and he recorded it. And it was played while his uh, then soon-to-be wife, now wife, 
was walking down the aisle and it was it was just such a beautiful song I had to have it and I was like you know what I'm gonna play it sometime and I never have and then this week I I looked at my phone and I had this song and I was I promise you I played it probably 10 20 times since then ask my roommates like I'm obsessed with it he's awesome the song itself is awesome but he does an incredible job uh sick voice sick is is, is a good thing here and uh so I was like I I have to play it I have to put it on my show so there it is Odcha. Clever song, but covered by Daniel Feldman. As you are tuned into Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network, at this point you're usually used to hearing Ford to the door, but the door this week has been shut. The snow shut it. We're stuck. Couldn't open it. So th- there is no Ford to the door this week. However, there are a few other things I want to talk about before I get to the end of the show. First, I have to give a huge shout out and a huge mazel tov to Joanna Shepson. She is the often a contributor here on Bite Size. She has a bar mitzvah this week. And uh, I, I could not go a whole show without mentioning, and I meant to mention it in the opener. I apologize for not doing so. But now is a still a great time to mention it. A huge shout out again to Mazel Tov on the bar mitzvah of her son. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't reach her. Send her an email, both wishing, wishing her a Mazel Tov, and with any other questions you have in regards to your upcoming trip to pay for, you know to Israel for Pesach. So contact Fun in Jerusalem. Go to funinjerusalem.com. Contact her through there. Uh, she helps out so much with people that need to coordinate certain trips. Once once you book your ticket to Israel and, and then you need activities, contact her. She will coordinate anything and everything for you. Hikes and tours and this and that. She's got it. Her team could do it. Go to funinjerusalem.com. Check it out. Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook. Just because she has a bar mitzvah going on. She is a little busy, but her wonderful staff. Will still help you out as she will, I'm sure. So again, Mazel Tov to you, Joanna, and we look forward to hearing more from you and your interviewers. Maybe as soon as ne- next week, no pressure, but uh, maybe as soon as next week. So Mazel Tov to you. Now I also mentioned it, this is March. It's the month of March, and 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 I also have to mention March Madness. March Madness. There are a lot of lot of. I mean, I love sports. If you haven't figured that out yet, love sports: baseball, basketball, football. Not much of a hockey guy. I apologize. I just didn't grow up with it. Kind of like I didn't grow up with snow. So this whole snowstorm and not working, kind of funky to me. But can't really say I'm complaining, right? Um, but March Madness is, in terms of favorite sports times of the year, unless your team's in the playoffs, March Madness, whether you have a dog in the fight or not, is such a cool time to be a, a basketball fan. Now, admittedly, I do not watch so much college basketball during the year. Uh, I, I tend to lean towards University of Houston Cougars, Rice Owls, University of Texas Longhorns. Those are my teams in general. Um, University of, of Houston actually was playing well early on in college basketball, but I'm not a diehard fan when it comes to college football or basketball. But when it comes to March Madness, pff, I am all in. I've got brackets on brackets on brackets. Some may say brackets for days. Boxes, whatever it is, I am glued to the TV from the first Thursday so the end, it, the, the atmosphere is something you cannot replicate across all of sports. The underdogs, I mean, you think Team Israel is an underdog. When you have the 15s beating the twos last year, I forgot who it was, but who, what, man, this kills it. I can't remember it. The 15 seed that beat Michigan State, a two seed and a perennial contender when it comes to college basketball, led by Tom Izzo and his staff. Like Michigan State is always a team tough to beat. And then the 15 seed goes ahead and does it. I mean, that's incredible. Which 15 seed will it be this year? I don't know. Like, I don't usually fill out my brackets till Wednesday night, Thursday morning. 
college basketball usually starts about noon. And I remember when I was in college itself at YU, it would be literally like, I mean, maybe this is not good to say. Like, if I if I didn't have an important class, I was in my dorm room. I was by the TVs just watching as many games as, as possible. And the way they line it up, it's about every 20 minutes or so. So there's always an exciting finish. There's usually, you know, there's what, 16 games a day or maybe eight games a day, whatever it is. No, 16, I think for the first two days it's such exciting time minute after minute flip a game close game flip a game close game final minute we got another you know few seconds left close game it's it's crazy how competitive these games are of course the one and the two tend to always win but there's always a year where one or two of them got knocked out and it's such a cool thing you you see these underdogs you know no one expected them to win and then boom they come out of nowhere and just romp you know, they dominate a team, and it, it, it's just so cool to watch. Anyone that's seen it knows what I'm talking about. If you haven't, if you're not a college basketball fan, I get it. But tune in one. Just just see what it's like. If you want to see what it's like for, you know, let's say Team Israel, right? What they're doing and what they're feeling, just go ahead and watch March Madness. Sarachek, you know, an exciting out-of-town team that maybe gets a chance at, a, let's say, a 12 seed, for those of you that understand how Sarachek works the last team possible in tier one and they go ahead and and upset the number five seat really not much cooler sports moments than that so i had to get my march madness plug in because it's such a wonderful time of the year they say holidays are the most wonderful time of the year march madness for many for many for many is the most wonderful time of the year so make sure you go ahead and catch some of that baseball season when march madness is is around that means baseball's around and I'm so excited for the baseball season we'll have plenty of baseball talk over the next you know until until I'm told I can no longer be on air this summer once we get to our summer schedule I will be talking baseball so you'll get plenty more of that again if you were expecting to hear for the door at this point of the show I I apologize the snow knocked us in and again this is this is a Tuesday recording of bite size and I know I talked about Team Israel early on. I do not know what happened because I cannot tell you what happened Wednesday morning by the time this show. But right now it's a few minutes left till 11. So we, we I assume unless Israel and, and who are they, Japan went into crazy extra innings. We'll know by now at this point what happened. And I really hope Team Israel advanced or at least got a tiebreaker. Um, but again, follow Team Israel. It's such a fun team. Not a lot of they, they do have a lot of experience, but they're not the best players. So follow them. Cinderella story indeed. Make sure you go ahead and follow their journey if it's continuing. Because again, it's Tuesday. I'm snowed in. So I made sure to record this episode now just in case I couldn't get in tomorrow. The martyr I am, right? Doing something ahead of time. Uh, Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director and social media coordinator, would like me to share our social media channels. Now, I usually do it in conjunction with Ford of the Door, because she usually joins me each and every week for that. But again, we didn't do it this week, so uh, we're just going to go ahead with the plug, and that's my Jamie Turkel shout-out. Here's the plug for social media. Ready? I, I feel like at this point, the people that, that are regular listeners to this show should know exactly the next 50 or words or so that are going to come out of my mouth. Right on Facebook, where are we, guys? At Nachum Siegel Network. On Twitter, at Nachum Siegel Net. And on Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network. Download the NSN app, please. Do a, Just do me a favor. Go ahead and do so. Google Play Store, Apple Store, 
Nahum Siegel Network. It'll pop up probably when you say Nahum. Maybe you have to add Siegel. Download it, and you can get all of our content while on the run. I have to thank all of you for tuning into the last two hours here with me. I have to thank Lior Zamek, Tova Kadecht for joining us. Again, a big shout out and Mazel Tov to Joanna Shepson on the Bar Mitzvah of her son this coming Shabbos. Mazel Tov to you. And I feel like there was one more thing I wanted to end with. And at this point, I can't remember it. So I just hope I covered all my bases. Should we, should, we just, should we just wrap it up right now? Should we just assume I covered all my bases? I think I did. So, guys, coming up in just about probably less than a minute or so is Wednesday's live lunch with Avrami Fingleston. So make sure to tune into that. But otherwise, again, thank you all for tuning in to the last two hours here with me. My name is Yoni Pollock. I'd like to wish you all a good day. Hopefully keep it dry and remind you that the bite size is the right size.